0: this is lisa uh and you can find me on twitter at iltm podcast i'm also on instagram i love that movie podcast and we have a patreon uh the show is always free but if you want to support us on there you can that's at patreon.com i love that movie uh and i want to take a moment to thank our top patrons and they are chris balga Michael Cross and Philip Barker. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Uh, and if you do sign up for as little as a dollar a month, you will get our coverage on the Mandalorian. Uh, right now we're in season two, so you can catch up with all of season one and we're in the middle of season two. And the rest of it's just kind of like a weekly roundup that are a each week. Um, Thank you all so much. And also, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, I've got a returning guest with me here today. I've got Ricardo from SCNS Podcast. Say hi.
1: What's up, guys? I am back. It's been a hot minute, but I am back. I am excited because we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies.
0: Yes. And I said podcast, but it's more of a YouTube show, right?
1: Yeah, it's a YouTube show. And I mean, we do upload it as a podcast like a day or two okay. afterwards. And then, of course, we have our Instagram page uh, also under SNS Live. And we have a F- Facebook page as well. So, uh, so yeah. But uh, thank you for having me back. Of course. Of course. Yeah.
0: And, you know, as you said, we're talking about a movie that you're very excited about. My guest always picks the movie. So what movie did you choose to talk about today?
1: We're gonna be talking about one of a it's an eighties classic. Uh and I actually got a friend, uh their name is Roz and and them and I, we are actually gonna cosplay two of the vampires from The Lost Boys. We're gonna be talking about the Lost Boys.
0: And Ricardo, the last episode you were on was interview with the vampire. So you've kinda of got a theme going.
1: <laughs> I do. Maybe I should do, we should maybe we should do like Blade or <laughs> Or, or I don't know that what's another vampire movie that could, uh, I can think of off the top of my head. I'm blanking on vampire movies, but yes, maybe we should just stick with vampire themes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Um, so this movie, yep. Came out in, I think 1987. Is that right? Yet 1987.
1: Um, and I wasn't even alive. <laughs> Yep, July 31st of, of 1987. Wow, this was a summer movie. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yep. Oh, no, you're fine. Um. Yeah, so this came out in 87. And uh, this is one of the few 80s movies that I didn't watch a ton growing up. So I'm excited to talk about this because I think this was actually the first time that I watched it all the way through. So, oh, um, okay. So, you know, thank you for that. Yeah, so I kind of have a lot to learn, but... um over to you like when did you first watch this movie
1: uh probably about 2008 2007 sometime around there a friend of mine introduced me to this movie because it was one of her favorite movies and i'm like yeah let's let's watch this and it was also around the same time i was watching uh 24 because another friend of mine got me into that into that and uh show so I'm like, oh, it's Kiefer Sutherland. I'm going to watch this. And then it's just became one of my favorite movies. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I watched it. I've kind of watched it here, here, there throughout the years. And then a friend of mine really got into it um, about a year ago or so. And we started talking and I'm like, you know what? I've always kind of wanted to cosplay, Dwayne, which is one of the vampires that has a cheetah on their or a leopard on their on their jacket because i'm like i've got long i can grow my hair out and it's black already and and he looks kind of uh you know he he looks kind of like he might be like native american or hispanic or something so i'm like let's let's do this um so yeah they're they're gonna cosplay marco who is played by um uh what's his name um I'm looking it up right now. I should have this better. Uh, by Alex Winter oh, from uh, Bill and Ted. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah we, we've, <laughs> my cosplay is finished. Uh, cost me probably about a hundred bucks altogether. But my friend Roz, um, we're closing in on. I think we're right around seven hundred dollars so far. Oh wow! Yeah, cosplay is
0: expensive
1: because uh marco's jacket when you watch the movie it looks like it's like a it, it's it's very busy it's, it's just a lot and it turns out to be five tapestries that are incredibly hard to find uh and some 30 something patches and then he's got like leather chaps and motorcycle gloves and it, it's like a whole thing and we've managed to find like three or four of the tapestries Uh, We have to get two made. um, And Ross found someone to make all the patches uh, for the jacket. So, oh, wow. But yeah. uh, So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to take Ross a hot minute. But uh, I'm excited because the way it's coming along, it's looking really good.
0: Oh, good. That's that's so exciting. I love hearing about, you know, putting costumes together. As you know, I like to cosplay, too. But you're right. It's always expensive. It's always more than you think it's going to be. Even if it's like, you know, quote unquote, regular clothes. So <laughs> I, I respect that. Um, before I go too much further, I do want to let you guys know that this is not going to be spoiler free. So I do recommend that you watch the movie first. Um, and I'm going to give the quick synopsis next. So here we go. I
1: mean, it, Teenage... it's been 33 oh, years. It's been
0: <laughs> yeah, 33 so years. You've had time to watch it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, So I'm going to read the synopsis really quick. Uh, Teenage brothers Michael and Sam move with their mother to a small town in Northern California. While the younger Sam meets a pair of kindred spirits in a geeky comic book shop, um, Edward and Alan, the angst-ridden Michael soon falls for Star, who turns out to be in a thrall to David, leader of a local gang of vampires. Sam and his new friends must save Michael and Star from the undead.
1: And do they save them all right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adventure ensues. Um, so this was directed by Schumacher. I did not realize that <laughs> when I started yeah, watching
1: this. Rest of soul. Uh, yeah, the yes. guy who who almost ruined the Batman franchise directed one of my old <laughs>
0: <laughs> This movie is quite a bit better. Uh, you know, maybe that's dicey territory for me to say, but it's definitely <laughs> a different movie um and a different style. And uh but but i really liked it i liked this one so i just thought that was interesting i i don't know how i didn't know that and then when i sat down to watch it i was like oh joel schumacher duh um but yeah i don't know just a completely different vibe from those batman films
1: <laughs> definitely i mean this 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 was definitely not a uh, as he was quoted saying on set remember guys this is a kids movie or this is a toy movie or something along those lines. So this is definitely yeah, not a kid's movie. I mean, it's definitely yeah. not a toy movie.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've got a couple of quick facts that I want to share before we dive into the film itself. Uh, the first one that I have is this is this was Corey Haim and Corey Feldman's first film together. So this started, you know, the two Corey's trend that plays out through a lot of the 80s. This is like the first time they they got together in a film.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually, I did not know that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't grow up with the two Corys, uh Obviously I you know, haven't been born in 89, but kind of looking back and me being a history nerd, kind of, I've looked a little bit into that. And just knowing that this was their first movie is probably their best movie together. Uh, I agree. kind of makes me happy.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was born in 83, so I did grow up with it a little bit. I mean, in 87, I would have been like, so <laughs> i hadn't watched yeah. lost boys yet but um <laughs> but i was familiar with them because as i got older you know i would watch like the goonies and you know just a bunch of movies that had at least Corey feldman for sure and then sometimes Cory Haim as well um but yeah i didn't realize this was their first movie together um but i can see like i just feel that the whole movie has like this i mean you know it's it's predominantly about boys and teen boys or young preteen boys so you can kind of see how like this uh, i don't know this attracted like the young kids crowd and how this you know sort of launched their careers um the movie was only filmed in 3 weeks <laughs> did you know that
1: i didn't know that's actually a really quick turnaround and <laughs>
0: yeah it is I mean, but i guess there's not a lot of locations when you think about it you know
1: no there's it's Santa Carla uh the cave yeah and and their house that's basically and the boardwalk but i mean that's part of santa carlo there but um yeah i'm not too surprised that it only took three weeks to to film um yeah and it, yeah, it's I
0: mean, quick but they, it, it the the world that it builds is kind of small like you said it's predominantly just in that one town
1: yeah so and you know they they were able to pull this off really i mean it's it's a it's a it's not a great movie but it's definitely a good movie and you know good for Joel schumacher
0: yeah. No, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't grow up with it, but that doesn't mean that I was like actively avoiding it or anything like that. It's just one of those, you know, there's always like five or six films that everyone recommends that you've never gotten a chance to really sit down and watch all the way through. Um, I really enjoyed it. I can see why it became kind of a, a bit of a cult classic. Um, the last one that I have was Santa Cruz where Santa Carla takes place was once plagued with the reputation of being the murder capital of the world uh, because of a series of very brutal murders by three different, very disturbed men in the early seventies because of John Lindley, Fraser, Herbert Mullen and Edward Kemper. Oh man, Kemper uh, Santa Cruz endured 28 murders over a 30 month period between 1970 and
1: 1973. (laughs) That's like a murder every other month. Almost. Yeah. That is insane.
0: I did not know that. (laughs)
1: I do remember that um, they weren't very happy um, about or well, the actual Santa Cruz wasn't very happy about um, them having been called the murder capital of the world. It was like, like, please don't advertise this. Like we want people to come here. <laughs> like I get it. Yeah. People died like 20 years ago, but Hey, guess what? It's not like that anymore.
0: Yeah, I noticed, you know, in the movie, um, that's one of the sort of ominous signs when the family's driving in, they pass a really shiny billboard that like just advertises like, oh, wonderful beach town, paradise. And then behind the board, the uh, Michael notices that it says murder capital of the world. And right at that moment, I was like, is that true? Like, I was like, I'm going to look this up after that. So and, and don't you feel like in some ways that I don't know. It's almost like this movie might've been a little bit inspired by that. I mean, that's kind of what's happening in the movie is that people are like going missing or disappearing and what's actually causing it is these vampires are just right there in the town and people don't realize it. So it's kind of like, I wonder if that like inspired a little bit, the, uh, the plot of the movie too.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, like reason why all this is happening like all the murders and all that it's a good uh, uh, I guess like myth or yeah, um, conspiracy I guess you would say it's like oh it's they're all dead because it, it, people die here because of the vampires and it's a conspiracy theory or you know it's a myth so uh, so yeah no I get that but um, the, something about the billboard actually it reminded me of another movie briefly it reminded me of Jaws
0: oh when- totally
1: because, you know, they have the the Amity the um, Island sign and then someone goes and defaces it and they, like, paint the shark on there and all these other things. I'm like, ah, they kind of, it, it's kind of like a thing where on one side it looks like it, everything's good, but then later on someone, like, defaces it and it's like, hey, no, there's there's a shark here that's killing everybody. So I kind of got a little, I thought that might be like a.
0: that's That's a really good point. I did not remember that
1: it's like maybe not i don't think he oh, meant that. Oh, you're good. i don't think he meant that kind of like a little tribute to jaws but for me it it reminded me of jaws especially with it having happened i think 10 years to the almost 10 years ago because i think jaws came out in 77 or 70 i don't remember but anyways yeah no the billboard thing reminded me of Jaws a little bit <laughs> that was my main point
0: yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it, I think Jaws came out in 1975. Okay, so you weren't too far off. Um, yeah, but no, I, I I did not remember that, and I totally agree with you. It's very, uh, it d- definitely sort of like brings up that scenery from that movie. Um, it also kind of gave me, you know, warrior vibes a little bit. That whole like fear of youth culture, and I don't know. I've always, I kind of like that sort of genre um, in movies, so that's kind of what I thought of too. Especially since. I mean, it's different coast, but they're you know on the uh, I guess sort of on the boardwalk. It kind of reminds me of um, Coney Island in the Warriors, so a little I, bit of a vibe there too.
1: Um, yeah, I was gonna say, but but, but oh yeah, the uh, kind of like what how how they're dressed and all that, like in the beginning of the movie, because uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's the? Do you remember what, what the song that they were playing? Um, but the just seeing all the different types of of outfits everyone was wearing. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen from the movies kind of like what the style was back in the day, but, um, uh, what I think that song was called people are strange, which is what, 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 what is playing at the beginning of the film. Um, and and it shows all these different types of people, you know, people with the colored hair and the spikes and, and those piercings. And there's a guy that has kind of like a wizard hood. And, the the punk goths and all these other things and i'm like okay so clearly this town is is a very it looks like it's trying to be happy but it's also very depressing um just kind of yeah or at the
0: very least it has a big Big. yeah or at the very least there's a big like alternative youth culture there for some reason yeah yeah, I noticed that watching this this time too, and I, I think it's cool to like have a, you know, vampire vibe in that kind of setting. I, I don't think that that happened before this movie. I might be wrong, but I don't think that I've seen that before this film, and it definitely went on to inspire a lot after it. I think.
1: I, I think so as well.
0: So the next thing I wanted to talk about this this movie, I will say, also has like such an amazing cast. Right, we you already talked about Alex Winter. You've got. You know, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Uh, you've got Kiefer Sutherland, like just a good all around cast. But I want to also talk about some of your favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, why don't you go ahead and you could do it chronologically or just pick a few scenes. What are some of your favorite? favorites? Well, right before well? we get to
1: that part, I'm, I'm going to give you one more cast member that surprised me because Star is played by this actress named Jamie Gertz. Mm hmm. And I didn't realize this, but she was Dr. Melissa in Twister.
0: Oh, she I did was not know uh that.
1: Bill Paxton's... I didn't either too. I looked up her on, on IMDB. I'm like, wait.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, so funny that, that happened. Like the,
1: the girl I'm like, the girl with the white suit that's that's the therapist is, is star in the lost boys. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, so a a little, little bit more kind of like surprise there for me, uh, because I was is also one of my all time favorite disaster movies. So um, but scenes, scenes in this film, um, definitely that beginning scene when we first see the Lost Boys when yes. we see um David Dwayne, whose name is never said in the film. Oh, interesting. Um, and the, if you if you go back and rewatch it, you never hear them say Dwayne. You hear them say Marco, you hear them say David multiple times, and then you hear them say Paul. Um, but you never hear them call Dwayne Dwayne, so you only know his name from the credits. Uh, but the first scene, excuse me, um, that first scene when you see them on on the boardwalk on the merry-go-round, um, just how it's kind of like in slow motion almost. It's kind of like oh, like these guys are they're kind of like badass and <laughs> in a weird way kind of sexy at the same time. Um, and then when when the uh, the, the security guard there kind of tells them to go, go home that they, they've been told to not be on the boardwalk. And then a few minutes later, they, you don't see them come out of the sky, but it's implied that they come out of the sky and then they just take the security officer and drink his blood. So uh, that beginning scene, just seeing them for the first time is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Cause it really establishes who they are, like how well they can blend in into the crowd and no one's going to know they're vampires.
0: Yeah, and I feel like when I was younger, you know, I, I don't know if it's the same anymore as I feel like in the 80s and 90s, like being afraid of teenagers and what they're up to, and oh, these teenagers are doing this and doing that, it w- was like a big thing back then. Um, and so like seeing these kind of like bad boys that aren't allowed to like, be in the store, or they've been told to get off the boardwalk, you know, that just makes them seem even cooler uh to everybody else especially the kids and yeah i agree that's a really good first scene because you know at first you're kind of like well i mean i guess they're wearing leather jackets but it's not like they're doing anything that bad but then we're gonna find out like you said that that they're vampires and that uh they've got a lot more going on than than what it looks like at first
1: (laughs) uh one of my other favorite scenes is the the first time that um uh, Sam and Michael who's played by Jason Patrick uh, go to the boardwalk at night and we see the awesomeness that is Timmy Capello just killing it on that saxophone <laughs> yeah. while he's singing I Still Believe and everyone's just having a good time they've got bonfires going on it's the first time we see Star and she's just looking beautiful and it's just that whole just Tim Capello like he he played on stage with Tina Turner. He was like a like he was his her saxophone player back in the day. And the guy's still playing. Like he's still all about this and um but just that scene, you're just like this guy, he's wearing subaz pants, he's he's got a chain around his neck, he's oiled up. He's got a like who plays a saxophone like that? <laughs> right. And it's just just you're just like, "Yes, I still believe. I don't know what I believe in, but I still believe."
0: yeah it looks like a really good time and it also looks very 80s (laughs) like so it just feels like kind of a time capsule and and also yeah the first time that we see star and and her and michael exchange this this glance and uh you know we know they're going to have a connection later on
1: what about you anything from the beginning parts like that really kind of like caught your eye or that or that you liked
0: yeah, I really like the scene where uh where the younger kid, um, let me look at the all the names so I don't get it wrong.
1: Uh, Sam. Sam,
0: thank you. Or Corey, Corey. Haim. <laughs> I, I like the scene where Sam uh meets, you know, Corey Feldman and the other kid, Alan, I guess, um, <clears throat> and they are at that comic shop and um I like that, you know, he, he's sort of explained it to the other kids, or they, they kind of try to teach him about comics, but he sort of flips it on them and he's got, he's very knowledgeable and they're very impressed with this. But then, you know, we get our, um, a little hint of what's to come when they suggest the vampire comic. And I love how Corey Feldman is like, this could save your life. And I don't know, it just sort of sets the tone of like, this is like a, you know, a kid action adventure movie. And, I I don't know. I kind of miss that. You know, I feel like we don't have as many of these types of films anymore. And so, and just the fact that they're in a comic shop, which it's like, I mean, comic shops still exist, but they're not the same as they were, you know, uh, when comics were bigger. And so, I don't know. I just kind of like that. And plus it's the two Corys. So just like that all around.
1: Yeah. One thing I got from the Frog Brothers from that scene was, you know, they're, like uh Corey Feldman, is he's kinda of talking like this, trying to be like a badass. Yeah. And I'm just like, they're trying so hard to be so to be young. so hard and just be <laughs> and like the scene where he he uh where Sam kinda of gives him back the comic and says, I don't like horror comics and, and um Alan Frog's kinda of got like his his lip is kinda of twitching a little bit, like he's trying to get angry about it. I'm like, You're trying so hard to be angry and just be tough, where it's not coming off all that well, but I get it. And, you know, they're like, we fight for truth, justice, and the American way. And it's like, okay, bro, like, <laughs> like I'm like, Cal- calm down a little bit. Like, I get it. You're, you're a vampire hunter. You guys are vampire hunters. But like, but show a little bit <laughs> yeah it's
0: like you know because we have like two different age groups going on we've got the really young teen kids and then we've got like the older cool teen kids that um most of which are vampires um and we've got those little groups and so these kids are yeah they're definitely posturing and i, I like that whole scene um i also like the under the train scene later also
1: um probably oh, yeah. one of the most
0: iconic scenes in the film um totally feels like something young people would do that's incredibly dumb which of course the vampires are doing it because they're immortal but you know michael isn't yet but um i think that's another interesting
1: oh he doesn't he he doesn't know that oh that's
0: right yeah he's because
1: because at that point he drank the blood already. right
0: and that's another interesting thing about this film is that the rules about vampires are so different but i like that i like that they're a little bit different
1: yeah because um going back to interview the vampire it's kind of like i'm gonna drink you to the point of death so then it's like either you're gonna die or drink my blood and you'll become a vampire and that's kind of usually how it goes it's like but at this point they he he drinks and this goes back to the scene where they go to the sunken hotel Mm -hmm. uh which is which is based on a real thing Uh, on an actual hotel that that sank during an earthquake um um they uh so they they goad michael into riding his motorcycle with them and he and david nearly makes them drive off a cliff and then they take him over to the to their to their quote-unquote coffin and i'll explain that reference in a little bit um You know, they give him they give him the the rice and and he tells, Do you like it, Michael? Do you like eating maggots? And he looks down and he thinks they're maggots and then no, it's rice. And then he's like, Here, try some of the noodles. And Michael's like, They're worms. I'm like, No, they're not. They're 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 just noodles, Michael. And then he makes him drink from that bottle and stars like, Hey, don't don't drink that and he's like, I'm not afraid and drinks it and then he's got the vampire blood in him, so now he's become he's he's half vampire because in this movie, to fully become a vampire, you need to kill and drink right. someone's blood. Yeah. Uh, which Star was intended to kill and drink Michael's blood. But David, I guess, changed his mind because I read that in uh, in the... Uh, if you read the, um, the uh, movie novelization, uh, which I haven't read, but I read a tidbit about this, that it goes more into detail about... Uh, what David's intentions were for Star and
0: michael Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um it's impossible for me to watch that Rice scene now and not think about what we do in the shadows. <laughs> but <laughs> but obviously that was an homage to this movie. <laughs> but now I, when I watch that, I'm like, tee. Um, but yeah, you know, they've got some of the classic vampire, you know, powers like glamoring people. I feel like that's what they did with Star to lure her in um and then they've got this whole like you know mind trick stuff that they do with the worms you know so there's definitely some classic vampire stuff going on here it's just the rules are like a little bit different what's another uh scene that you like from this movie
1: um so let's go forward to (laughs) so when michael is is turning into a vampire and um The mom, who's played by Diane Weist, her name's Lucy. She's on a date with uh, Edward Herman, who plays Max. Who, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, we find out is the head. That was surprising
0: to me. As dumb as that Um, sounds, but like they just make him so doofy up until you find out he's a vampire.
1: (laughs) And you, you, yeah, and he's just—he doesn't seem like, especially when. Uh, back on the boardwalk, when they go into his video store, like, and that's another thing that doesn't exist nowadays, our video stores, Um, you know, he he tells them, like, I told you not to come around here anymore. And they kind of give him this look and they leave. So you don't, you don't really think any of it. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like. I didn't even think of that. And then, of course, we get the scene where, you know, they're at dinner and the Frog Brothers and Sam are trying to expose uh max as a vampire but but we find out later and when we get to the end of the movie i'll 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 tell about that part but um scene oh yeah so michael is like turning into a vampire and he's like floating outside and sam's on the phone (laughs) with lucy his his mom it's like mom is i need to tell you something but i can't tell you over the phone and then michael's outside floating in the air holding to to another phone it's like mom don't listen to him it's like mom he's gonna kill me god help me and she like <laughs> runs off and then when she gets there he's like no i'm sorry mom i just read a really scary comic <laughs> he's like i ran out on a date because you were afraid of a comic book i love it's him, like mom. oh it's just <laughs> i feel bad for her like she just wanted to go on a nice date have a good time you know she was she had just recently divorced yeah and... She's got two teenage boys, just, just being brats.
0: I know. She's a cool um, mom too. Like, because she's also when she meets the vampire dude, um, you know, and he says, like, the, you know, kids these days, or whatever he says about the the boys, and she's like, Oh, well, we used to be young too. It's like she's such a sweet, yeah. she's like a little bit different from your standard like 80s mom. She's a little bit of a cool mom because she's a little more open-minded and Um, I think she tries to connect with the kids more than like in some movies, they seem like they're kind of distant. But in this one, um, she tries really hard to be involved in their lives, even though she's going through a tough time. Um, and she's very understanding and of course she drops everything when she thinks something is wrong with sam but then when he when she comes home and yeah he just ruined her date in her eyes she's like okay maybe i'm giving you guys too many chances like i need to have a life too um so yeah i feel bad for her especially with how that relationship ends up
1: (laughs) yeah especially there at the end kind of see what happens yeah um so the the next scene that I definitely enjoy is the first time we see them, we see the Lost Boys vamp yeah. out, and that was a term that what hadn't hadn't existed until oh, this really? movie, and then it it became, uh, it, I guess for that summer because like I said, this movie came out in July of of eighty seven, um, but the the term vamp out kind of became part of you know pop culture, and um, we see the uh, the surf Nazis around the around the the bonfire and they're doing this thing and we really don't understand that the the that the guys around the bonfire they're they're and and then again back goes back to the novel um and again this is something that that i've read because i've i've tried to do a lot of research on the lost boys just for cosplay purposes um uh but the the when they vamp out and and the lost boys attack these these guys they're all nazis so it's like okay you know it's it's okay (laughs) Uh, but that scene when david goes from the shadow into the light and you see him all vamped out um that became such an iconic horror scene just because of how different he looked and then we see all the other lost boys. And another thing that I liked about the difference about these vampires was that most vampires is usually like their uh canines and, and back that are like that are like vampire teeth. But for the, for this movie, it's like they're not not the front teeth, but the teeth next to it, which was it's a little weird for me. <laughs> yeah, but, it's a little different, you know. But again, these aren't your typical this doesn't really follow most it follows some vampire lore but it also kind of took liberties in its own self and i'm like okay that's kind of cool but it's also kind of weird uh but just seeing them kind of attack uh attack the surf nazis and and michael's trying so hard not to give in and then you see him vamp out kind of you see his eyes turn into the vampire eyes and he's like no i don't i don't want to do this like now now you know what we are michael now you know what you are Now you just got to do your first kill. And he's like, no, I don't want to. So.
0: Yeah. I think the, every time they're vampires, um, it looks really cool and different from a lot of other vampire films. I I didn't think about that detail with the teeth, but very true. Um, And and I like all the fight scenes, especially like, I guess it's jumping ahead, but like when they start taking some of the vampires out, all the like creative ways that the kids come up with uh, to defeat these vampires. And just kind of some surprising fun actiony stuff that happens in those scenes I also really like
1: yeah uh which jumps to to my next scene that I liked was when they first uh go to they go to the sunken hotel to go take care of the uh of the uh vampires and um they're all in the cave home I'm trying to look something up oh, yeah. um uh, and they they're like let's let's like they're trying to find the leader because they kind of figure it out like hey uh that, that by this point they know michael's turning into a vampire and they kind of figure like well in order for us to to help michael out so he doesn't turn into a complete vampire we need to kill the leader and my friend ross hates this <laughs> part because um Hey, uh ross is gonna cosplay marco and that's the first vampire they killed like let's let's just kill the little let's kill the little one and they stab him, they stake them through the heart or through the chest and um one thing was the their blood is it's it's slimy it's not like your typical vampire blood it's slimy it's glittery which is like a reverse <laughs> yeah twilight. it
0: definitely is it's interesting. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's that was a joel schumacher call like the uh it said that he didn't want it to be like like any other horror film like he wanted to be a little bit different so they're like we're gonna make it slimy and glittery so it stands out from from other things so um and a cool part about that scene was um once david falls from because the the vampires are hanging from from the ceiling Mm -hmm. uh and david's going after the frog brothers and sam um there's a scene where he's grabbing Sam's leg, and then his hand uh, gets pulled into the sunlight, and his hand catches on fire. And then they they do a close up of David's face, and a single tear drops, and we think it's it's from the pain. Well, kind of. Um, he his eye watered and teared up because of the contact. Oh, I'm sure those wearing. were
0: hugely uncomfortable in the 80s. It, it was they were probably still like glass contacts.
1: Yeah, and and it was such a unintended reaction, but it was such a perfect reaction because his hand just got burnt, his vampire friend Marco just got killed, and so but he's smiling because he's like, "We're gonna go after these kids." So like a tear kind of mm-hmm. made sense, and it was such a happy accident because um, I I didn't know that was. That was not intentional. So that was yeah, that was that, cool.
0: that's true. I, sometimes some of the best scenes are like that; they're not done intentionally.
1: Uh, what about you? Any any other scenes leading up towards towards the end?
0: Mm, let's see. I'm trying to think of another one that I really, I I mean, well, I guess it's towards the end. Uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead, so let me think about it for a minute. I like the scenes with the grandfather because he's like cute and he's kind of like teetering on the edge of maybe getting a little bit confused and they kind of play around with that but he's also used throughout the film i think to kind of you know give us a little bit of a of a break a little um you know a little bit of humor imbued in the film and then he has a great moment towards the end of the film too i won't say yet but i i like you know like when he gives uh sam that stuffed beaver and when he's like trying to chat up the neighbor, and he brings, I guess, her stuffed dog <laughs> that she had recently lost, and I don't know, he's just funny, and I enjoy his scenes in the movie.
1: I love the scene where Sam, he's like, uh, or the grandpa is like, "You have, do you have anything right here that I could, I could pass off as aftershave?" Oh, yeah. And Sam's like, "Here, here's some Windex." It's like, "Ah, oh, I'll, I'll give that a shot." I'm going over to the widow Johnsons, <laughs> and it's like, and I got, I got a little present for her, and Michael's like. Did you stuff Mr. Johnson? Oh, yeah,
0: because he's getting, and and grandpa getting just <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and the thing is, uh for those that have not seen this movie, like uh Grandpa, he he's a taxidermist. Right, right. right. He he um so he's taking yeah, he's taking the stuffed animal <laughs> over there. So um but you know, that's definitely the grandpa was definitely a nice little kind of like, oh, you know, grandpa might end up dead because he's so kind of weird and goofy and and no, he, he something else happened. So, um, so going towards towards the end of the movie. Um, uh, so I found the quote that I was looking for. Uh, so uh, Edward Frog states, "When a vampire bites it, it's never pretty sight. Some yell and scream, Marco. Uh, some go quietly. Some explode. Some implode. But all will try to take you with them." Mm. Uh, And that's exactly how all spoiler, all of the vampires die. Um, So so the one after Marco is once the vampires are attacking Michael and Sam and the frog brothers and star and Laddie, who's the little boy companion of the, uh, of the lost boys. um, uh, Paul kind of catches them and, leads he kind of chases him into a bathroom and there's a bathtub full of garlic <laughs>
0: yes, i love that and
1: paul's like <laughs> and paul's like garlic doesn't work and uh, i think it's uh, edgar goes what but this is also holy water and like sprays or and like like throw some holy, some water on, on paul's face and it starts burning him and then nanook uh their their dog comes out of nowhere and just like jumps and hits Paul in the chest. And yes, I Paul, love the dog. Gets such a good hero bathtub. moment. <laughs> it does. I'm like, yes, the dog lives and the dog rescues them. Uh, and this is the, like the Frog Brothers. Like, there's they try to be so badass at the beginning of the film, but I think that like the last thirty minutes, which is this, this whole fight scene. Like, they're screaming and yelling because they're so scared of what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it's serious um,
0: business, these vampires. And yeah, the, the death in the bathtub. Because we saw them earlier, like, get all that holy water. They went to that church and just started scooping it out. And, well, all the people are watching them, like, horrified. But you don't think, you kind of forget about it. And then in this moment, you're like, oh, yeah, they did do that. All their little, like, comic book facts that they got from that comic they they that- reading really paid off.
1: Hey, you never know when a comic book is going to be a good survival guy. Like, it's you'd be surprised where you could find some some survival tactics. And so, uh, but yeah, so Paul falls in the bathtub and more or less implodes, and all the pipes in the in the house are bursting, filled with like this gloopy, glittery blood. Uh, and then the next vampire we see is Dwayne and, um, Sam tries to shoot him with an arrow and we think he hits him and then he gets up and goes you miss, sucker <laughs> and then sam's like i won't miss again and shoots him in the chest and is driven into a stereo and he explodes <laughs> <line> and sam's <laughs> like
0: i said so the best so line I, of the film coming up i think you're about to say it
1: death by stereo <laughs> feels
0: like such a like again like 80s teenage thing to say <laughs> death by stereo it's also kind of reminding the audience by the way this is really cool which it was it was really cool
1: yeah i mean it's not often you you know yeah. die by stereo i mean it's like uh, kind of like dying dying by tv yeah. from scream <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh and then of course towards the end you know we see michael trying to trying to run upstairs and david pops out of nowhere and he's telling michael like you know you could be one of us you know you, you should be with us you shouldn't be doing this and they fight and then um uh david tries to throw michael into some antlers um and michael switches it at the last second or last few seconds there and david gets impelled and he goes quietly he just kind of dies and and it and it's become kind of like a like a lost boy hmm. myth where some people were people like did david really Die is 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 he actually gone? Um, because there are sequels, and while we don't see David, there's been like uh, I know there's been other comics, but I I don't know when the comics took place because I haven't read them. Um, but it's been a thing where people are like, no, no, David didn't die. If you look back, you know, you can see his chest moving. I'm like, oh well, yeah, you know, he's 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 the actor is still alive, <laughs> but
0: yeah,
1: you know. <laughs> like kiefer kiefer didn't right. actually die <laughs> um, yeah
0: yeah i don't know but i can see how fans that really love that character want to believe that he didn't die or you could view it as like he wanted to die because he goes so quietly and you know i don't know it's it it's a cool scene i like the visual with the the two like like just how he dies it's kind of neat
1: and I like the song that's playing which which is played yeah, throughout like the entire thing which or is, something like uh, that but it's
0: a cool song so it's like perfectly timed <laughs> Cry
1: little si- It's car oh, little yeah. sister and it's and it's just the chorus uh which is which is a bunch of kids saying uh thou shall not uh thou shall not die that thou shall not kill um which is honestly one of my favorite songs on the su- oh, on the soundtrack yeah, sure. I actually found the vinyl Ooh. I found the vinyl for for this the other day. Um, it was a little pricey, but I'm like, I've, it's hard to find this because I've been looking for like, I've been looking for this for over a year, and I don't like to order things online because I'm like, I like to see it and and make sure it's in good condition. Oh, sure. So, uh, but Gerard McMahon wrote the theme "Cry Little Sister" to the movie after only reading the script and without ever seeing a single huh. frame of the film. So I'm like, cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it, it, it it's, I mean, like you said, it's played several times and it's impossible to think about this movie and not think about that song. It just feels like it is that song. like. And music seems to be important in the movie anyway, because just because of the vibe, how they look and everything. But yeah, that song is so like iconic with this film now.
1: I mean, this is it's a very 80s and a little bit yes. of 70s, like definitely because I mean, it's it's inks. And Jimmy Barnes, Lou Graham, Roger Daltrey, Echo and the Bunny Man, Gerard McMahon, Eddie and the Tide, Tim Capello, Mummy Calls, and Thomas Newman-like. And if you get a chance, listen to it on Spotify. Most of the songs are on there. Not all of them. There's like two. Let me see here. One. There's two songs that are not available on Spotify, which is People Are Strange by Echo mm-hmm. and the Bunny Man. And Beauty Has Her Way by Mummy Callous. Um but definitely if you get a chance, listen to the soundtrack. It's awesome. You could probably find the whole thing on, on iTunes, um, or go out and find the vinyl and listen to it. Cause yes. it's amazing.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that brings me to the last couple of questions I have uh, for you. And the first one is, uh, you know, we've kind of been talking about this this whole time, but why do you love this movie so much? Like why, why do you cosplay it? Why do you keep coming back to it?
1: um it's, it's just it's such a fun movie and it's it's a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously yeah. um the soundtrack is awesome you have tim capello on a saxophone and it's not very often you see something that <laughs> badass in a film like that where you, you, you're like i didn't think that could be so badass <laughs> but it is um and I mean, just the vamping out. Kiefer Sutherland in his in his yeah, he, early he was prime. such a great
0: bad guy. Uh, you know, but like, like a cool bad guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and such a cool bad guy. I mean, and the outfits in the film. I guess even when I first saw this film, even before I knew what cosplay really was, I was like, I want to go as as that vampire for Halloween, and it was Dwayne and i've it was something that i've thought about doing for years and then finally last year i finally pulled the trigger on it and i mean i've got the the, the weirdest part about that cosplay was making the soviet union um, mm-hmm. flag because it, it's not really seen that it's not it's hard to see in the film but he's got like if you there's scenes where you see like this red thing hanging from the back of his pocket and I found photos online of the of the cost of his outfit in the film, and it's a Soviet Union hammer and sickle oh, flag. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna be walking around in public with this in my back pocket. <laughs> we clearly see that it's a hammer and sickle, old USSR flag. So, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, I I hand painted. I found the jacket. Um, and I, I had a I I try to age it. I, I painted by hand the the leopard on there. So oh, yeah. um, if you go on my Instagram, it's if you go on my Instagram, it's somewhere on there. And uh, but yeah, no, this film definitely because I mean, vampires are cool. The soundtrack is amazing. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Kiefer's awesome. Um, so yeah, and even though this movie did spawn two sequels. <laughs> don't watch them unless unless you really want to have a really bad movie night um that's right and we find out and we find out in the sequel in the no there's three sequels i think uh we find out in one of them that sam becomes a vampire uh oh.
0: down later in
1: life and then and then and it's it's you can find the extra it's it's a, it was an extra scene in one of the films, and he was supposed to have a larger part in it, but unfortunately, Corey Heim was going through a very rough time in his life with with addiction, and they just could not trust him to be sober on yeah. set. So they just filmed this small cameo at the end of the film, and then by the time, and then there was supposed to be a larger part for him in the next sequel, but at, by that point, um, Corey Heim wasn't with us anymore, so they killed off his character. And we see like a headstone that says Sam, um, whatever his last name is in the film. And uh, Edgar, who's played by Corey Feldman, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I had to take out Sam because you know he was a vampire, and so um, but you know, those movies don't really matter as much because we really don't see other than Edward Frog, we don't see any of the other characters in this film. Uh, we see Alan Frog in the third one but even then he's not in that oh, as much. Gosh, I think, yeah. um, I've tried to watch it. I tried to watch it, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't through I'm that. I am not even
0: aware of the uh, sequel. So that tells you something right there. Um, exactly. But the first one's definitely, you know, a classic and you kind of already said, you know, why you love it so much. What's like a one sentence elevator pitch that you have for the movie? Like how do you get someone to, to, to watch it? That's never seen it before.
1: Um, if I were to just pitch this to somebody, actually, well, hold, hold, I have there was a quote by by um, I just had it. It was there was a quote by Joel Schumacher on why he chose this film. Um, see how if I weren't to use that quote, well, how would I say it? Um, sexy bettas vampires. Actually being yeah. badass. That, that's <laughs> that's a good point, because there
0: are some sexy vampires that don't necessarily do badass stuff. Thinking of Twilight. Um, so you're right. I I mean this right? this movie's such a time capsule. I mean, it really, you know, it's very 1987. The fashion, um, the aesthetic is probably one of the biggest draws, I think, to the film. Um, but it's also just like a fun movie. And I definitely think if you're kind of dipping your toe in that nostalgia. And if you like vampires, this is like a perfect home run movie for sure.
1: I found that quote by Joel Schumacher. He was asked why he, he he was asked why he did this film. He simply said, vampires are hot. They're the only erotic monsters. Frankenstein is not hot, (laughs) which makes sense. I mean, Joel Schumacher (laughs) was a very gay man and I get that. And, you know, uh, I mean, two of the three of the vampire uh marco wears a crop crop top uh paul wears like um really skinny jeans and he's got like a mesh shirt Dwayne is shirtless other than the jacket and i mean david is just wearing this really badass coat and just just keifer's just sexiness it's just on his face like you don't need to see the rest of him (laughs) just that face i agree the hair
0: He's very, I don't know. It's like, like you said earlier, this is like his prime um, and probably one of his most iconic roles, but he had a lot of them uh, in the 80s and he's just at his peak here. Um, And in the movie really feels like they understand like what teens think is cool and what's, you know, what, what teen girls and boys want to see, like more so than some of the other films. Um, Yeah, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good pitch. Well, Ricardo, this was really fun. Uh, thank you for coming on. Where where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on two places. You can find me, uh, I, I guess this will come out after we come back uh, from our New Year's break. Uh, you can find me every Thursday, uh, youtube.com slash SCNS live. We do a show called Typical Nerd Show. We talk about that week's uh, nerdy news involving comics movies tv anime video games toys etc etc we try to cover as much as we can uh every thursday at 8 p.m catches on youtube.com slash live and then you can personally find me on instagram under nerdy rick 89 i am attempting yet again the 365 day challenge it is a photo a day for a whole year i did it two years ago and i did it last year which was a leap year and I'm like, you know what? Let me do it for a third year in a row. Let's see how many years I can do without missing a day. So, that is where. You that's can, so cool. That is where you can find me.
0: Awesome! Yeah, that's a commitment. I'm impressed by that. Sometimes I forget my Instagram exists for like a week, <laughs> so I find it impressive you can keep up with it every day um well thank you again for coming on you're gonna to have to think about your next either vampire film or non-vampire film either one is fine with me but definitely want to have you back soon
1: definitely thank you and actually i realized i wasn't but i right before right when you were talking about your patreon i went on and subscribed uh so i am not oh, on your patreon you so, wow. so gotta <laughs> we all gotta support each other so um i put yeah, on so- i did I yeah. did the uh, $10 pledge and I'll be listening to your Mandalorian uh, episodes because oh, awesome. that was just... yeah and
0: if you ever want to come on and be on one of those episodes too that'd be great
1: definitely well Lisa thank you so much for having me yeah. back on this was right. always fun and I'll yeah. catch you the next one
0: thank you